Thank you for straightening that out. I was going to be super a little later. All right. We're glad to be here. I'll tell you right now. Um, oh, let me get a picture of you all. We're going to do a, um, let's get the right finger here. There we go. A uh, presentation when we get back. Um, it's our 50th anniversary. And uh, so I thought I'd better bring my wife. Right? Amen. You're not laughing. What is this wrong? <laughs> That's a joke, folks, okay? <laughs> and also a mission uh, survey. The Lord laid it in our heart, and I told our pastor, I was pastor there 38 years and just re- semi-retired in uh, 2015 and uh, still serving the Lord and uh, still going for the Lord and everything. But um, I told our pastor, we have no one in Ireland. And so... Um, Carol and I thought, let's go to Ireland for our 50th anniversary, do the mission, and you know, we'll combine, kill two birds with one stone, right? Amen. So let me just get a picture real quick here with with you, and uh, okay, smile even if it hurts. It's all right. There we go. There we go. Okay. Thank you, Joshua chapter seven tonight, or chapter six, or chapter seven, and uh, I'll give you a clue where that's at. It's in the Old Testament. Okay. Does that help? And as you're turning to that, <clears throat> get to, get to uh, Joshua there, my, one of my favorite books in the Bible, and the whole Word of God is good, amen? Yeah. Amen. And, uh, but look at, also put your finger there in chapter 7 of Joshua, and go to Psalm 48. Psalm 48. Have you ever sung Psalm 48? Have you? All right. Psalm 48, verse 1. Great is the Lord. Amen. Aren't you glad you're saved? Oh, my. I'm so glad. Uh, as you turn to Psalm 48, my mother is English. And she passed away. She was born in 1900. I was a late life child. And uh, my brother was in World War II uh, for the Canadian Army. And I was coming home from the hospital. And uh, my dad was French before. And, uh, but her mother, my mother's mother, grandma, her grand, grandmother was Irish. And mom, born 1900 in England, but then came over here from 1905 to 1910. And, uh, mom never lost her, uh, her accent from here. Okay. Amen. And she just loved being here. And she was about four foot four and, uh, I mean, uh, a bulldog. I'm telling you right now. She didn't know. Mom never rode a bike or anything, you know, in England, you know, 1900 and all that. Girls, she didn't even use those hoops because they said your skirt would, you know, jump up too high, you know, or something like that. But, um, and she, of course, we ended up in Pinnock, Michigan, and uh, uh, I played football, and she didn't know football from basketball, right? And she, but I didn't figure it out till after she, I, what she was doing. She said, Rod, what, what's your number? I said, 21. She said, what's the color of your uniform? I told her. And so she comes to the game, and she watched for me, and somebody hit me. She said, get off him. Get away from this guy. You know, so yelling. Oh, so embarrassing. Amen. Oh, I'll tell you. That was mom. She's a little English, English rascal, I'll tell you. All right, 48, great is the Lord. Let's sing that, okay? You ready? Here we go. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised in the city of our God. In the mountain of His holiness, beautiful for situations, 
the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion, the size of the north city of our great king. He is a great king. Amen. Amen. All right. Joshua chapter seven in a minute. <clears throat> but you know, again, I told the pastor, I said, pastor, we preachers are so funny creatures sometime and funny things happen to us. And, uh, I'm just thinking of one pastor and one preacher, uh, was a f- famous evangelist tells a time early in his ministry when he arrived in a small town to preach there in the U.S. and uh, for a revival meeting. Wanting to mail a letter, he asked a young boy where the post office was, a little four or five-year-old. And when the boy had told him, the evangelist thanked him and said, if you'll come to church this evening, uh, you can hear me give directions to how to get to heaven. When the little boy scratched his head a little bit, and he says, sir, I don't think I'll come. You don't even know where the post office is at. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they're laughing because it just made me feel good or not. <laughs> Sunday school teachers are funny too, you know. One Sunday school teacher watching Sunday school pupil, a Sunday school teacher watching a pupil, Willie, making faces at the kids around him. Well, the teacher, Miss Betsy, stopped the lesson and said, Now listen, Willie. When I was young, as young as you were, I was told if I made ugly faces, my face would freeze and be that way, really ugly. Well, Bobby looked up and replied instantly, well, Miss Betsy, they sure try to tell you that. <laughs> Years ago, when we just got out of college and that, Carol and I, we were in Indiana, and... Uh, we had a, van, a big uh, VBS, you know, Vacation Bible School. And uh, some of the kids came forward to get saved, and I thought. <clears throat> and so I took one of them, a little boy, about five. And I sat down with him. I said, I said, uh, uh, Michael, let me tell you how to get saved. And I, I went through the plan of salvation. He was, really, he was looking right at me. I thought, he's taking this in greatly. And then I got done. I said, do you have any questions? He said, yeah, how many teeth you got? <laughs> He was counting my teeth as I was trying to... <laughs> So I learned a long time ago, make sure ask him what you want before you start. <laughs> in Joshua chapter seven, in the whole chapter before the chapters one through six, we see great victory of Joshua. Go back now, hold on to seven. Let's go back to chapter seven as introduction. Let's go walk a little bit in the victory. We see chapter one. We see now Joshua being the leader after Moses, one of the greatest leaders of history. And so we see in verse five of chapter one, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be what? strong, and of good courage. Boy, we need that, amen. There's so many quitting right now. Really. Back in the States, I mean, they're quitting left and right. and We have more missionaries coming home than going out. You know what I mean? It's sad. And that's why God's alert my heart my, and, and um, about Ireland and, and just seeing the needs. And, and brother, I'd love to talk to you about your plate, where you're going and doing and after the service. And um, 
just we go back. We just want to give the needs of Ireland. We challenge people, and, and uh, we don't have anybody from Ireland yet. But Lord, we, we will, and to help and do what we can for Ireland and reach them for Christ. Amen. What we see here: be strong and good courage. We see that in verse nine: Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whatsoever thou goest. And then verse 13, remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, and so and so. Oh, that was a great verse. I mean, he had victory. In chapter 2, Rahab protects the spies as they go in, and, and God's victory there. We see Jericho, the walls falling out, not in. Amen. God pushed them out. Amen. And God, just victory in chapter 3, the nation crosses the Jordan River. Chapter 4, we see the, the people build a monument and victory and so on. Um, verse 7, these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. Just victory after victory. And then verse five, chapter 5, excuse me, in verse 13, we see uh, Joshua now, they're ready to go to Jericho and have victory there. But then he sees somebody, he pulls his sword in chapter 5, verse 13, and it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, and he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or our, or our adversaries? And verse 14, he said, Nay, but as a captain of the host of the Lord, I am now come. Well, who's that? I believe that's Jesus. Amen. That's the pre Jesus Christ himself. Who else would be the captain of the host of the Lord? Amen. And uh, Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto my servant? And the, <clears throat> verse 15, And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoes from off thy foot. Now who else? Where else did that happen? Remember? Moses. Hey, hey, Moses. And for the place wherein thou standest holy. And Joshua did so. Boy, just victory after victory. In chapter 6, the wall of Jericho's fall. Amen. It's good, good stuff. Man, we're having victory after victory. But, chapter 7. Mm. hate to tell you this, but chapter 7 comes in our lives sometimes. Look at the very first word in chapter 7. But. <clears throat> Don't you hate the buts in life? I'm telling you right now. Amen. But the children of Israel committed a trespass and a cursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmine, the son of Zebedee, the son of Zerah, the tribe of Judah took of the cursed thing. Well, the cursed thing is what? Well, this is the first place they, they conquered. So that's first fruits. And so that's the tithe. Amen. Yeah. That's the tithe. They could have all they want and all the other victories, but that first thing was whose? God. But wait a minute. It's called a cursed thing, right? When you rob God of your tithe, it's cursed. So many people don't tithe because they can't afford it. You can't afford not to tithe, folks. Tell you, you can't outgive God. You can't do it. But so chapter 7, we see the situation. But Joshua, look at his call and a commission from the Lord, just for a minute. We're in chapter 7 now. We got a but. We got a problem. Joshua's call and commission, born a slave. Where was he born? Egypt. Slave. By the way, I was born a slave myself. And you were too. 
slave to sin. Amen. Amen. If you don't know Christ is saving this room tonight, you're still a slave to sin. You don't even realize it. I didn't realize it. I really didn't. I like this. You can move this around. <laughs> I can come down here to you guys. <laughs> Wake you up, you know. <laughs> but I was born in sin. We're all born in sin, the Bible says. And the only way out is through Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. My mother, I was told you, English. She was Church of England. She turned Catholic from my dad's French. He passed. He was in World War One. He cooked for the. He was a French chef. He cooked for the Kaiser before World War One. He was about 10, 15 years older than my mother. And he, he fought for the French army during World War One. Came to Quebec, Canada. Met my mom. We got married. She t- turned Catholic for him. She was religious but lost. She never smoked, spit, chewed, or anything else. I mean that. You know what I mean? She, Never heard her, but she was lost. Good lady, good religious lady. And uh, thank God, uh, when I was about 14 years old, I started going to a Baptist church. I heard the gospel, and I got saved. Amen. You can't talk me out of it. Amen. I know it took so hard to get through this hard head of mine and got you know, get saved. Amen. And <clears throat> after getting saved, I had the privilege to lead my mom to the Lord. Amen. And, uh, all, all five foot four of her, amen. Or no, four foot five, I should say, I'm sorry. <laughs> but she was a, she was a fighter, amen, for, for the Lord. So we see, we see he was a slave, amen. And we all born slaves. He had become a leader of Israel. Moses chooses him to scout the land of Canaan, Numbers 13, 16, of the Twelve tribes, one man in each tribe. Joshua was picked out for his tribe. And of course, they came back and ten said no. Two said yes. Remember who the two were? Said yes, we can do it as God told us. Joshua and Caleb. Yeah. And so God, God blessing this man. Joshua appointed to lead Israel into Canaan. Deuteronomy 31, 7 and 8. And Joshua commissioned by the Lord to lead his people. Joshua chapter 1. This man is a God-called man. Amen? You think, wow, he's perfect. Well, I don't know. He's saved. And by the way, we, we're not perfect when we get saved. There's no perfect perfection until we get to heaven. Amen? Right. Amen? We'll battle sin every day till we get to heaven. Yes. Praise the Lord. And we can win Amen. if we look for it. Amen? Well, victory to victory, verse 1 to 6. Crossing the flooded Jordan, Joshua 3. Conquering Jericho, chapter 6. And then verse 27. I want you to get your attention to chapter 6, 27. Look at it says. <clears throat> chapter 6, verse 27. So the Lord was with Joshua. Now here comes the problem. And his what? Fame was noised throughout all the country. <clears throat> Joshua started with a small head and a big heart. But about this time, he's got a small heart and a fat head. Yep. He's, he still loves God. <clears throat> but now, he's just feeling the victory. And he stopped doing things that he did to get the victory. And so, we see, I guess I'd call it the agony of defeat. The agony of defeat. Chapter 7. 
few thousand cent to conquer AI. It's spelled AI. You can say I or A, AI or A, but either way. And they are defeated. I mean, they are beat to death. <clears throat> if I was back home, I would illustrate saying they just defeated Chicago and then they came to little Georgetown, Delaware, which is about 3,000 people, and we beat the socks off them. Amen. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt, Joshua was eager to move forward for the Lord and to conquer more territory in keeping with God's direction and His purpose of Israel. Joshua wasn't doing <clears throat> what he was doing <clears throat> for himself. He thought, I'm doing it for God. <clears throat> and Joshua knew <clears throat> the reason Jericho is so important is in the middle. <clears throat> so he conquered that, and that was one of the big babies. And then he knew he had to go to Ai, and what? He had to divide the nation. It's called divide and conquer. During the first Iraqi war, our American soldiers, led by the bear, they called him, Schwarzkopf, they interviewed him, and on TV, and I caught this, they said, how did you know how to conquer the Iraqis and so on so quickly, and you moved them out? He said, I read Joshua. Joshua is a great book to learn military uh, new maneuvers and so on. And so Joshua knew he had to get AI and keep moving to divide the nations and then conquer the, conquer the country. But being a little self-confident, don't we all get that way sometimes? <clears throat> you know. And resting too much on the victories of Jericho, past victories, you know, we can't, we can't rest on yesterday's victory, folks. It might have been a great day, but we got some new territory to go for. Amen. Amen. He eventually failed to take time to get alone with the Lord, as he usually did, to inquire of the Lord and seek his strength. If he had, he would not have remained ignorant of the sin of Achan. He had no idea. <clears throat> Achan has stolen what he stole, put it in the tent, <clears throat> He was blind. Here's the man of God, blind, Joshua. Why? He didn't take time to talk to the Lord. Folks, if we don't take time, you say, well, I'm serving God. I'm a Sunday school teacher. I'm a preacher. I'm a deacon. I'm this. If we don't take time to be with God, we're going to fail. Our nation, the U.S. is going down the drain. It is really quickly. And we're in trouble. And we're praying our churches that are doing right, we're doing our best to stand for Christ. But I'm telling you, it's going to cost. It's coming. And uh, I don't know what you think of Trump or not, but boy, he's sure better than the girl that was going to be in there. <laughs> Amen. Oh, crooked Hillary. Oh, my good Lord. And by the way, he's, uh, he's facing North Korea right now. He's facing them down. I can just see what she would do. Probably invite him over, you know, to our country. But anyhow... So Achan and could have dealt with the sin first. He would have, but he didn't take time. Four deadly errors were the result of Joshua. See, here's the thing, folks. <clears throat> when myself as a pastor, or you as a leader, or you as a, a Christian, when we... Oh, thank you very much. Is this fresh? <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
You didn't drink out of this, did you? Right? <laughs> oh, he's going to shoot me, I tell you right now. <clears throat> Four deadly things happened. Number one, <clears throat> they remained ignorant of the sin of Achan. Number one. <clears throat> there was sin in the camp, and the leadership had no idea. If you don't deal with the sin, it is going to bite you. It is going to hurt you. Number two, they underestimated the strength of the enemy. They underestimated the strength of the enemy. Who's our enemy? Satan. Don't underestimate his strength, folks. He's second rate, but he's more powerful than we are. And we need to hide behind the Lord Jesus Christ and the cross. In the name of Jesus Christ and the blood, we can vic- we'd be victorious over Satan, the demons, and the, any of the cohorts of this world. Amen. And so they underestimated the, the enemy. That hurt, that happened to our football team years ago. When I was in high school, we had, uh, we were undefeated. It was a Christian school. Uh, back then in the 50, uh, 60s, uh, weren't many Christian schools in the U.S. And, uh, uh, so we, we, uh, played in our town. We played the two Catholic schools, St. Mike and St. Uh, uh, Fred's, and all the public schools. We had to. There's no way else to play, you know. And, but we were undefeated. But then we, our scouts, we had scouts that go and check the other teams before we got there, you know, and see what, how they played and so on. And they came back. It was a little Catholic school. <clears throat> and they said, we, there's no problem. You'll beat them. That was a wrong thing to tell us. All week long, our team wasn't serious. They were playing around and messing in practice and whatever. We got there, and guess what? They beat the socks off us. They just ran over us. Before we knew what was going on, we underestimated the enemy, and it hurt us badly. Number three, they overestimated the strength of their own army. They overestimated the strength of their own army. <clears throat> How many did he send this time? He didn't send everybody. 3,000. <clears throat> we can get them. No problem. 3,000. And they presumed on the Lord. They took God for what? Granted. You know, when we don't read the Bible, we don't pray, we don't go to the house of God like we should, we're taking God for granted. You know, there's Christians around the world that love to have a meeting like this. Just love to have a Bible openly. Not a fear of being their head cut off or slaughtered, put in jail, beat up. We're very fortunate. Don't ever take it for granted, folks. This privilege we have here tonight. Well, the problem was pride. Chapter 6, verse 27. Just plain old pride. Pride. How do you spell pride? It's I in the middle. P-R-I-D-E. Right? Snap in the middle. How often are we not just like Joshua here in chapter 7? So many times we're just like him. Because of the workaholic mentality activity-oriented bent and <clears throat> desire to get things done and be successful. I mean, there's anything wrong with that. But there is a tendency to rush ahead without taking time with the Lord to draw near to Him and His resources and put on a full armor of God like we need to, folks. Such is not only unwise, but as often causes us to be insensitive to serious failures in our own lives and ministries. <clears throat> we don't see our problem. <clears throat> we can see everybody else's 
problem. It's like the pitchfork, uh, pitchfork Christianity. You know, the preacher's preaching and you say, oh, that's good for that person over there. Oh, yeah, that's good for that one over there. Let, let it lay on you. Amen. And me. <clears throat> but, you know, we're not the problem. And so, it grieves and quenches the spirit and leaves us defenseless against the enemy because we are operating our own strength and our own wisdom now, like Joshua. Ultimately, these failures stand in the way of our progress and ability to handle various challenges in our own lives. Amen. It's a problem, folks. Joshua's seeing it now. And so Joshua, as he is there, Joshua now, we see him in chapter 7. Where's Joshua? Is he there going, whoopee? No, Joshua's now down there, facing the dirt, clothes ripped, dirt thrown up in his face and so on. The leadership right behind him, facing the altar and so on. Is he repenting? No. He's griping. He's whining. Yeah. He doesn't get it. The man of God. His face, defeated, despair. On his face. You know what? It's hard to look up to the Lord when your face is in the ground. We must keep looking up. Finally, the last part of verse 5 reads, So the hearts of the people melted and became as what? Water. The defeat of Ai demoralized the people. Not just the leader, but the people that he was leading. <clears throat> this perhaps even more significant than the defeat itself because it created misgivings <clears throat> and a lack of hope or confidence in the Lord anymore. I mean, think about it. How many got slaughtered in that, killed, and wives, husbands killed in that battle and didn't come back from that battle. They marched off victorious and came back defeated. <clears throat> They were, now they're wanting, rather than examine their own lives and as a source of their defeat, they begin to doubt the Lord. That's easy to do. And wonder if they had changed his mind, if they had made a mistake in where they were going. Look at verse 7. Were we really supposed to have crossed the Jordan? You know, in verse 7. You know, that's due for translation there. Should we have stayed on the other side? See, what's happening now? <clears throat> it's the devil's best uh, way to defeat us, putting a big question mark in our ministry. Big question mark in my life. I think that's why a lot of uh, missionaries quit and throw in the towel. Yeah. They get like Joshua and then they say... It's time to quit and go home. No, it's not. No, it's not. In our sinful human nature, we're typically just like that. We're, we're so quick to become depressed, discouraged, disoriented, and look to every direction or reason for defeat except to ourselves. Blame everybody. My mom used to say, the person who blames everybody else for their problems is not worth to shoot. You know? <laughs> They're not a man. They're not. A, you know what I mean? Yeah. You gotta get the blame. Get you know. It's like in preaching. It's one finger you and four at myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
And so, we need to be so careful on that situation. The Lord calls. What do you say in verse 10? Three words. Verse 10. Get the up. Joshua, he's, got, he's, he's having a pity party. My wife a long time ago told me, if you have a pity party, you're going to yourself. I'm not coming to it. <laughs> so I have my own private pity parties. Amen. <laughs> he's having a pity party. Now, you big baby. That's what God's saying. You big baby, get up. And what does he say? There's sin in the camp. Deal with it. Deal with it. Take care of it. Get up. That's an action verb. Denotes action. Joshua, you're not going to get anywhere. You're facing the ground and whining. Get up. Be a man. Deal with it. Stand for God. Come on. And so, what happens? He had a choice. What was Joshua's choice? Either stay lay, uh, laying there and whining, or what? Get up. There's a little poem that said, what might have been. It's written of the words of men, the saddest art the, that it might have been. I know it's true, for way back when, I heard God's call to me, but I couldn't. I just wouldn't. Oh God, it might have been the first time that the Spirit pleaded. I said, no, I cannot let go. And I left the same way I came in. Years went by, and he called again, but not as strong as way back then. Finally, he let me be, my still, my life still bound by sin. It might have been so different. If I had yet yielded then, I, I wouldn't be in this dark place imprisoned by my sin. I thought my bitter tears of repentance would shame me back, back then. Oh, but now my shame's eternal. And oh God, it might have been, it might have been. How can Joshua get up? The good question, amen. How can Joshua? We say, all right, Joshua, get up. Well, how do you do that? Well, I think there's three things we need to look at in verse seven. In, in verse 7, number 1, three points and I'll be done. And, I, and again, I, I, I need this maybe more than you need this. Amen. Number 1, Joshua must stop questioning God's character. Number 1, Joshua must stop questioning God's character. Look what he says. Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou... What is he doing when he said that? Bingo. Something goes wrong and he blames who? God. Fist of God. How did you let this happen, God? That is bad as me driving down the road and I, and I get lost and I look at my wife and I say, how could you let me get lost? Yeah. That's a joke, folks. Okay. <laughs> oh, but he's, very first thing happened, a little problem, he's been victory, 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 and a little this problem, and he blames God for it. Consider the good things God has done. Joshua's forgotten. Sent Moses to bring them out of Egypt, Exodus 3. Exodus 14, opened the Red Sea for them. Exodus 16, fed them with manna when they were hungry. 
Exodus 17, gave them water from the rock. And Joshua saw all this. Joshua 3, led them across the flooded Jordan. Uh, Joshua 6, enabled them to conquer mighty Jericho, man. No one had ever conquered them. They did. Now after one defeat, Joshua blames God. Aren't we like that? You know, we have a little problem. And whatever, we're serving Jesus and everything, you know, we think everything's okey-pokey. We're going to be good. I'm serving Jesus. I'm tithing. I'm doing everything. And whammo, problem hits you. And we look, God, why did you let that happen? I'm a good person. <laughs> think of all that God has done for us. Think about it, folks. He, he loves us. Gave His Son for us in Calvary. Offers us salvation by faith. Receives us when we come to Him. He gives a second chance. Thank God. I'm uh, just so much. And we, then we blame God. No. How can we blame God for defeats? Joshua must stop focusing on the one defeat. Verse 8. Number 2. Number 2. Joshua must stop focusing on that one defeat. Number 1. Stop blaming God. Stop questioning God's character. Number two, number two, stop focusing on that one defeat. Get, okay, it's happened. Learn from it. Get up. And let's go again. Go at it again. We got to. Um, the church we took 38 years ago or 40 years now, uh, had some problems financially and so on. And we had a lot of building, a lot of land and a lot of bills. Some of the other pastor was a good man. He just wasn't too sharp on business, you know what I mean? And so got him in trouble. And uh, took a little bit of time. So he asked me, how did you stay there so faithfully? I said, because we didn't have enough money to get out of town. That was <laughs> we couldn't get out of town. So <laughs> we looked pretty good. Well, you faithful person. Yeah, I wish I had more money. Get out of here. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> no. no. I'll tell you why I had a good wife. All she had to say is, Rod, I can't take it anymore. I'm out of here. What am I? I'm not going to lose my wife. She never once said that. She stayed right with me. If you're thinking about being in the ministry, you boy, you better get a good woman, I'm telling you. Good Christian lady. And by the grace of God, I have one. Carol had one thing or two things about her and the other girls didn't I dated. The first thing was she liked me. And the second thing, she laughed at my jokes. I said, this is my girl. <laughs> and thirdly, she loved Jesus. Amen. She encouraged me in Christ. Amen. Amen. Think of all the blessings promised to the future. Think about it. Genesis 12, 1-3, promises given to Abraham for the descendants. Exodus 3, verse 7 to 10, promises given to Moses for the people. Joshua 1, verses 1 to 19, which we looked at, promises given to Joshua for victory. If we just listen to him. Joshua had become problem conscious instead of power conscience. In spite of blessings and promises, he focused on the defeat. Oh, there's so many pastors that do that. They get defeated. And uh, Dr. Tom Malone is our pastor in Pine, Michigan. Grew up in, there. And, um, and John, I don't know if you know, John R. Rice or John John Rice, Dr. Malone, uh, uh, 
Jack Hiles and so on, and that in the 60s and so on, the heydays, you know. And uh, Dr. Maloma would say to somebody, he says, uh, how you doing? They say, well, pretty good under the circumstances. And he'll look at him and say, what are you doing under there? <laughs> Get out of there. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> oh, my. So problems getting to Joshua. Joshua had become problem conscious instead of power conscious. Instead of the blessings and promises, he focused on the defeat. He must forget this defeat and expect victory. Philippians 3. Look at that with me just for a minute. Philippians 3. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Quickly here. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Philippians chapter 3. The joy book. Amen. Uh, verses 13 and 14. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, what do you say? Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before, I press toward the mark of the prize, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Hey, hey if you ever ran, you know, like the 50-yard dash or any kind of running, the first thing a coach should tell you is what? Keep your eye on the mark. And I've done that before, and I'll be running, and I'm saying, boy, I'm doing good. Then I'll look back, and that guy goes right by me. Right. You can't look back. Amen. Keep looking forward. Amen. And so we see Joshua, or Philippians 3, 13, 14. Joshua must stop worrying about public opinion, verse 9. But Lord, you don't know what the people are going to know when they hear about it. He wasn't worried about God's reputation. He was worrying about his reputation. Right. You know what? We need to forget about our reputation. I mean, have a good reputation, but not like Joshua. Forget the, the, the stop worrying about public opinion. I mean, do right and be honorable and love Jesus, but don't worry what worry about what God thinks about you. Me too, Amen. Well, thirdly, Joshua. Third, of course, we saw we must stop questioning God's character. We must stop focusing on the one defeat. And the last thing Joshua had to do to get off his face and do something for God, Joshua must stop worrying about public opinion. For the Canaanites shall hear of it. All right. God will take care of his own reputation. You don't have to worry about God's reputation. He'll take care of his own. Amen. God will lift his people when they are down. Amen. If we'll let them. I trust tonight... If there's something I don't know, I had another message and God just kept saying, no, I want you to do this message. And I say, Lord, you don't understand. I had this message ready. He said, I want you to do this message. Okay, Lord, I'll do that message. Amen. So I listen to the Lord because he knows better than I do what we all need here tonight. Amen. God had brought victory to many defeated ones. Amen. By the way, you're not defeated till you quit. Don't quit. My mom used to say, you don't quit till everything's doing good. Well, I didn't have enough sense to realize when everything's doing good, you don't want to quit. Amen? <laughs> so she said, don't quit. Amen? Just you know, my mom never sat me down and said, now, Rod, this is what I want to teach you. She taught me by her example. I caught it more than taught it. She, she threw it at me more than taught, uh, taught it. You know, amen? I caught it. Her example, not quitting... Stick with the stuff. 
You start something, you finish it. Do your best, you know. May God help us to have that kind of attitude. Well, did Joshua rise up? He sure did. He got up. He listened to God. May we get, if we ever get in that position, may we just get up. God's not going to come to your pity party. He's going to say, get up, come on. Get your thumb out of your mouth. Come on, you can do it. Be a man, be a woman. Joshua led his people to victory then. Amen. <clears throat> he went back to Ai and they defeated him handily. Because this time, Joshua got the orders from God. And he listened to God. We have a resurrected, victorious Savior song, a Savior. Amen. An old song that I love. I don't know if you might have sung it before. Hallelujah, what a Savior. I love that song. Man of sorrows, what a name for the Son of God who came. Ruined sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Bearing shame and scoffing rude, in my place condemned he stood. Sealed my pardon with his blood. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Guilty, vile, and helpless we, spotless Lamb of God was he. Full atonement can it be. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Lifted up was he to die. It is finished was his cry. Now heaven exalted high. Hallelujah, what a Savior. When he comes, our glorious King, all his ransom home to bring. Amen, it's coming. Amen, amen. Then a new song, this song we'll sing. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for the, these dear people. We thank you for the privilege to be here tonight with these dear folks. And thank you for the pastor, a wonderful pastor they have, and his dear wife. Lord, I just pray, if someone here tonight does not know you as Savior, dear God, <clears throat> may they realize religion won't get them there. Being good won't get them there. Uh, whatever. Doing uh, the formalities of things, no. Only one way to heaven, and that's through the blood of Jesus Christ, the shed blood of Christ at Calvary. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for saving this little 14 year old kid. I wasn't really looking for you, but you were looking for me. I was a lost sheep, you were the shepherd. I'm so thankful you didn't give up on me. Thank you, Lord. Bless the service, bless the pastor, bless this. This dear church, they're needed so badly in this, this dear Ireland and to, to reach others for Christ and keep on keeping on till the day you come back in Jesus' name.